amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Broads, it doesn't matter if you're a full-time mom, a small business owner, or freaking, I don't know, Lady Gaga. Everyone's time is super valuable. And to be honest, no one can afford to waste a single second these days, especially if it's being wasted somewhere totally unnecessary, like the post office. Yes, you heard that right. We said totally unnecessary. And if you're wondering how on earth that could be, well, let us tell you about Stamps.com if you haven't heard of them. Stamps.com is the platform that brings the post office to your home office or your living room or your dining room table or, you know, wherever you get the idea. Simply use your home computer to do everything you would normally need to get into the post office to take care of. Everything you need from the post office, you can do from home or from anywhere with Stamps.com. Compare shipping rates across multiple carriers, create and print shipping labels, schedule pickups, track packages, and oh yeah, save money on each shipment thanks to exclusive discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code CHATTY for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the mic at the top of the homepage, and enter code CHATTY. Welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, we had another <laughs> I know people, I posted this on my Instagram like, hey, another guest canceled last minute. And they were like, another one? I don't know. Becca and I were just talking about this. We think like just the entertainment industry is dealing with Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Like and there me. is and you personally. <laughs> in our lives. Personally, I've also been dealing with some nonstop Mercury <laughs> retrograde. Personal hovering <laughs> over us. I'm like, do I have my own moon? Because my ego tells me yes. <laughs> that circles me constantly. Um but yeah, it's been a wild with the entertainment industry. Like we were just saying, numerous friends of ours have just been having who are in the entertainment industry have been having things where it's like all of a sudden like I'd have a friend who all their backlogged episodes that were coming out just got deleted they couldn't retrieve them like yeah. drama going on we literally have been like booking guests a while in advance everything's good and then like right up to the needle when you know we got the kids babysat and we're about mm -hmm. to record it's like sorry <laughs> <laughs> just like whoa okay okay we're trying to provide entertainment for our listeners and we've prepared do you think other podcasts that happens to them a lot they just a don't mention it or b maybe they like just do more episodes in advance because it's got to happen a lot you know la people are flaky as hell yeah maybe i don't know i don't know either i guess it's happened to us before we just don't mention it that's true. I think it's just that it's happened numerous times in a row where you're like, for real, you're is like, this happening? And I'm like, why do you guys just not, do you not like it's, me? It's okay, guests. Nothing personal. We get it. It happens. Oh, no. Listen, things come up. It's nothing. To the two people who might be listening. No. This is not no, an attack. No, absolutely not an attack. And honestly, <laughs> too, like, I'm sure the reasons were like necessary. Yeah. Somebody must have been in the hospital or dying. <laughs> but, Definitely. That's the only reason you would cancel on us. But, you know, it's just more like, you're like, oh, fuck. What are we supposed to do? 
Yeah, we've done. So this is so funny. So I asked on Instagram, I'm like, oh, what should we talk about? And just reading through people's topic ideas made me realize that when you have done 400 episodes, when you've logged almost a thousand hours, a thousand hours of talking. That's so wild. I don't think I don't know if we're quite there yet, because that would be on average like two hours. And we definitely don't have that. But we're getting there. Now with the bros, we're getting there, but we're not on their episodes. Anyway, when you're getting close to that amount of hours of talking, you have talked about so many different things, like almost every other idea. Everything. I was like, mm, we've done that. Yep, we've done that. Here's linking it. Yep. OK, here's that. When we did that in episode 75, like, um, I mean, granted, there was a lot of topics that people were asking about, like um, specifically like Bible broads type stuff, you know, like just wh- where we've come from with religious stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a lot of topics that we definitely could recover that I'm sure we have very different perspectives on two or three years later. I feel like we should definitely maybe uh, coming up have an episode where we like update the broads about like where we're at spiritually. Yeah. Where we're at sexually, like uh, parenting wise. I mean, so many things have changed and shifted. Yes. um, That I think it would be fun to have like an updated episode. Yeah. Or a few. Like it seems like there's. I mean, there's always stuff that we could we can talk about forever. But so that was kind of funny. Um, but I have a surprise. So today is a surprise. So Becca told me she's like, don't look at my Instagram. I'm coming in and I have a surprise of what we're going to do yeah. for the podcast. And I'm a little nervous. I'm like, what does it mean? OK, wait, first, though, I need to bring up something to you. Please. Sorry, that's un- unrelated to the to the topic. But someone DM'd me this and writing off of thursday's pop culture episode if you listened to it we talked about kylie jenner's baby name or unnamed baby or whatever someone said this sent me this okay do you think any celebrity baby names are real they could all be fake idky this is stuck in my brain but duh it would be so easy to do and safer and that really kind of blew my mind I mean, that's how it should be, honestly, for the right? safety of the child. Right. Like you have your your ID is actually completely different right. than what the public knows you as. Right. And so when they're enrolled in schools or, you know, when they're on all Hannah these different- Montana. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Whoa. I don't know what the actual benefit would be, though, because it's like then if they're enrolled in a school or summer camp or program or whatever, people are still going to know it's you and your kid. I would think, though, honestly, like if you're a celebrity and you have a child, that it might actually be something that helps them with their autonomy because they're getting born into like a weird situation where people have access to their parents and know things about them and their family, that it's almost kind of like this secret little thing between you and your child where like this is your autonomy like everyone you're known to the world is this but like actually this is who you are and this is what your friends and family call you, you just maybe something get out like that. pretty easily though also it would be yeah. hard to keep up like if you're talking in interviews and stuff and you're always using your child's fake name like it's, it seems a little ridiculous but i do like the idea it, like, there are some celebrities like, though. A, like like a, a prince or like halsey sure. right like halsey sure. her name's ashley but like sure. everyone calls her halsey true um, there are celebrities like Anne Hathaway who I don't think we've like ever seen Anne Hathaway's like kid's face. I think it's her. 
It's her or oh no no or like Zoe Deschanel. Anyway, there's like some celebrity in that. There's vein. a few. Uh, I know there's more. Kristen than one, yeah. Bell and Dak Shepard were the ones. Remember who, uh, like went to the government to get laws written up because of paparazzi, paparazzi. and children, and they were the ones who That's got great. that passed. Where That's it's like great. you cannot take photos of people's children like under a certain age. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you think though, so like if these kids haven't been seen by the public, and let's say they have nannies, then I guess they could be at schools you know summer camps stuff like that granted in la there's like all those elite schools and summer camps and all those kind of things where no one gives a fuck if your dad is christian bale would you like to be a celebrity's child uh no i think i would that depends on the celebrity (laughs) that's true but i mean like there's some celebrities who are just like total narcissists and then there are others that seem pretty cool so you just it's like anyone's parents yeah that's like saying would you like to be a plumber's daughter it's like well who's the plumber that's true. That, no, you're, you're, you know, it's very true. So if they were nice celebs, I would not mind would to be you, a celebrity child. Would you want to be adopted by Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie? Um, no, <laughs> that seems a little tumultuous. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, maybe back in the day I would have <laughs> back in the heyday, back in the heyday for sure. <laughs> I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger would be a great dad. Aside from his scandals, he still seems like a good dad. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> he has like pet zebras and stuff like that i think like he just seems have you ever seen his instagram he just seems like such a nice personal per- personable person the rock i wouldn't mind being um, a child of okay. the rock he seems nice he child seems like of the rock I'm a child of the rock <laughs> one great has a story with arnold schwarzenegger too with his mom of course yes and making a path for the horses yeah like, so you're like okay arnold's nice. nice man what about travis barker <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would like to be. You would? Yeah, why not? I mean, oh no, not <laughs> not from the previous marriage. I would be happily be the child of Travis and Courtney, <laughs> mm. but not of Travis and Shayna or Shayna. Then you have to deal with both their exes, though. That's very true. Anyway, okay, so that's not what we're talking about today. We just start, went down a rabbit hole. Okay, so Jess, what we're talking about today is you! <laughs> I'm interviewing you today. Oh my god, it's so fun! <laughs> You're it's the hottest queen. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared to talk about me. Honestly, this is for selfish reasons because keep people keep saying that I'm steamrolling the podcast. So now here I am to show how humble and generous I am to give Jessica <laughs> a whole episode to herself. You're welcome. Wait, have people really been saying that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, I was like, what? Steamrolling what? I just got a comment that triggered me to the core the other day on Instagram. Steamrolling they what? They were like, there's two hosts here. Like, let's hear more about Jess and like from Jess. And I was like, okay, I'll do a whole episode about her. <laughs> That's actually not why. But I was actually thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, that would be fun because people were talking about our old interviews with you and Evan and me and Gray. And I was like, I think it would actually be really fun, especially for new listeners to interview you. Well, you know what? But also uh, to show people I'm not that self I, I was going to say, uh, you definitely don't seem wrong. Uh-huh. I feel like we talk pretty pretty equally about our life experiences. Uh, but okay, thanks. Let's, we'll do an interview. Let's start uh, out with question one. Does Becca intimidate you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please help me. I'm being 
being held here against my will. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> you want to quit the podcast? <laughs> Is this my camera? Okay, I'm just kidding. But actually, I got so many good questions. I thought it would be really, oh really God. fun. The first one. <laughs> I just that one. I thought it was too good. Okay. But actually, though, I got so many good qu- questions about you. And I also figured that there have been new li- some new listeners and people who have like been wanting to tune in but don't know where to start. And I feel like if you are following me on Instagram and have never listened, it could be like, who the hell is this other person? Right. Who is this broad? Yeah. So I thought it would be kind of a fun, like, get to know okay. Jess better episode. And some of How these questions exciting. that people I asked. feel unprepared to talk about me, but it's also exciting. Well, okay. What I happens hate- if you don't really know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> what about if you're in a phase in your life where you're not 100% sure who you are? Well, I have very specific questions to help okay. guide this. But, um, but no, and some of them were questions that I was like, oh, I want to ask her that. I'm really curious curious okay broads interrupting my story for a moment to talk about something that i love okay the energy of springtime as a kid is just different i can feel it even now with my daughter and i remember it myself growing up there's just a certain excitement when spring hits the weather is warmer school is drawing to a close and it feels like there's just so much to do and explore Why not nurture your little one's natural curiosity this spring with projects designed to teach them about everything from rainbows to rocket ships and everything in between? Of course, we are talking about KiwiCo. KiwiCo is the best if you have little learners. Each month, they deliver science and art projects that are age-specific. They're made especially for kids to help them understand things. Things like the mechanics behind everyday objects, the science of cooking, so much more. Each crate contains two to four projects centered around one general theme to help... um, like more comprehensible teaching on the subject of the month. And let me tell you, the first time I opened delivery from KiwiCo, which was years ago when I first had Ruth, I was shocked at the quality level. And to make it even better, every single thing you need to complete each project is included, which means you can spend every second playing and learning together instead of trying to find the glue sticks or construction paper. So my daughter's been getting KiwiCo crates for years now. And Every single time, I swear to God, without fail, it's like the most exciting day of the month of the year. She can't wait to get into whatever projects are inside. And honestly, as a mom, I couldn't ask for more. She's learning new subjects. We're spending time together. We're both having a blast. It's amazing. We love KiwiCo in this house. Step into spring, celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code chatty at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com promo code chatty, KiwiCo.com code chatty. So I'm just going to cut right into it. The first time I tried to get birth control when I was younger gave me a legitimate panic attack. I was, number one, I was so confused at all the options. I didn't really know who to talk to. The information on the internet either scared me or it confused me even further. It was just a mess. I am so jealous that something like favor didn't exist when I was younger because it would have helped me so much. And by the way, Uh, For our regular listeners, Favor is what was previously known as the Pill Club, just to make that clear. Yes, Favor makes getting access to birth control easy, straightforward, and non-panic attack inducing. (laughs) I'm joking, but not really, because it's 
really, really easy. Favor carries over 120 FDA-approved brands. It ships to all 50 states. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid, and otherwise prices start as low as $7 per month without insurance. Awesome. Favor delivers birth control to your door for free and discreet packaging, along with other self-care gifts and goodies. So I think the coolest part is that anytime you have a question about your sexual health and wellness, instead of like tornado Googling and then working yourself into a panic, just text the Favor medical team and they can guide you through your options. It's like having a BFF with a medical degree. It's truly amazing. Right now, when you go to heyfavor.com slash chatty, Favor is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org for every Chatty Broads listener who becomes a patient. And your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through Bedsider. That's heyfavor.com slash chatty to get your birth control care package. And um, you could donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, you have to go to H-E-Y-F-A-V-O-R.com slash chatty, heyfavor.com slash chatty. Um, you have to use that link in order for the donation to be made. So yeah, I thought it would be fun, but I don't know. I thought you you could start out just kind of like just doing a little bit about me because you <laughs> haven't done that in like forever. Neither of us have. And a I just bio? Thought, yeah, just to say like where you're from and your social security number mm-hmm. and the hospital you were born in, mm-hmm. you know, just the basics. Well, it was a <clears throat> windy day. It's a dark and stormy night. <laughs> on October 13th. No, uh, let's see. Were you born see. on Friday the 13th? You know what's actually really enraging is that I was told my entire life by my mom yes. that I was born on Friday the 13th and I was really proud of it. Like, yeah. I was like, this is kind of my thing. I'm, And also the spookiest month right. of the year. Sure. So I was like, sure. damn, October the 13th, Friday the 13th, 13th, yeah. 13th, please. Yeah. So I used to tell everybody that. Well, uh, when we were doing a astrology episode at one point mm-hmm. and I was like, where's my birth certificate mm-hmm. so that I can look at, you know, details, details. Uh, it was Thursday. Wow. So I've been lied to this all my life. Bitch. So this is how my story begins. <laughs> it was a Thursday. I came out and everything was a lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the beginning of it. Um, no, let's see here. So I was born in Orange County. Uh Mission Viejo. Uh, and yeah, my growing up, my parents were together. Um, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Um, and I I don't remember this. Was your mom raised in Christianity or was she not? So my mom was kind of. So okay. her dad was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my nana, my grandma, uh, was... Once my mom was like in her early teens, so she was raised a little bit and she would go to church. But then my mom became personally very passionate about the Lord in her high school days Mm -hmm. when she would go play her acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. at the worship team. Oh, she musical? Yeah, she is. Didn't know that. Yeah. No, here's the thing about my mom, though, is that she says that she can sing and I've heard it my whole life. I don't know how I feel about (laughs) that opinion. She can sing. She can sing. Yeah, right. It's just um, she can hold it. She can hold uh, a key uh-huh. and she can sing very loudly. Mm-hmm. Love you, mom. <laughs> she told me that it's because she destroyed her voice in the right. musical Oklahoma of in course. high school where she played Gertie and she did a strange sense. laugh. And she said she destroyed her vocal cords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She this is what she claims. Uh-huh. Um, 
like I said, everything's <laughs> been a lie. So I really don't know. Um, but then, so my mom, uh, kind of stepped away a little bit from the faith, Christianity from the faith. That was so Christian of me to say. <laughs> that was so Christian. <laughs> stepped away from the faith. She was building her testimony. She really was. She had some wild, wild backstories. Um, but then she, my dad and her were dating. Uh, she got pregnant with me. And then they got married a couple months after. When did you find that out? Mm, oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Okay. okay. When I was at a school that was like a part-time homeschool or part-time like kind yeah. of hybrid hybrid there was like six kids in the class and everyone was like so conservative like Mm -hmm. you know you had to stand up to like answer a teacher Mm -hmm. type conservative Mm -hmm. um and everyone was talking about like you know their parents weddings or whatever and then i ended up finding out that my mom because i went home and asked my mom had been pregnant with me and from everything i had been raised with as a christian i felt very betrayed (laughs) yeah Felt very betrayed. I also then, about two years later, found out that my mom had an ex-husband. Oh. Lots of surprises. Um, this is not painting your mom in a flattering picture. I know, She's and a I feel so woman. bad. I love my mom so much. Shout out to my mom, who I have to say is in her 60s and in the past few years has like grown and changed mm. so much. It's been very, very motivating mm. for me to see like, oh my God, you're not. She is so far from stuck in her ways. Mm. It's beautiful. Um, but you know, she had a tough upbringing. Like, yeah, it's complicated. I don't blame her, and you know, she felt so much shame. So right. I think that's why a lot of the hiding happened yes. because she didn't want to put her what she would consider sins on me as yeah, her child. Totally, she, she was doing what she thought she was supposed to do. Um, and we joke about it now. That's why I can give her shit. But um, yeah. So then she got I uh she got pregnant with me and like wasn't going to church or anything my dad was not a christian my dad grew up very catholic but like wasn't practicing for Mm -hmm. years and then after i was born she all of a sudden had this resurgence of christianity and was like i love jesus and my dad was like who are you Mm -hmm. who did i marry i am not a christian and they had a weird couple years where my mom would like drag him to amy grant concerts and he was like they don't serve beer here and it's a stadium like what type of fucking concert (laughs) is this And my dad had been wild and so he was just like what is going on and basically when I was about five or six years old, they had a situation that came to a head where my dad, it was like they were about to get a divorce. And my dad, like, as he would say, like, cried out to the Lord, was like, I don't know what else to do. And he became a Christian in that moment. And that kept them together. Wow. Um, and does he still maintain that? Absolutely like, not. Oh, I maintain the... Like, the, the, that's what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah, that's yeah. from okay. his perspective. Yeah. 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 Um, so that experience is still very real, even though he's not, like, a... Yeah. Christian he, 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 he would say it was real in the sense that he felt like he was at the end of his rope and he didn't yeah. know what to do. He was like, I loved your mom and I wanted to not, like, have... I wanted to be in your life every day. Like, yeah. I didn't want that to happen and I felt like I I wasn't sure what to do anymore. And his dad had just died. Like, there was numerous things going on. And so then he became a Christian and 
then henceforth my life uh, in a very conservative home. And they were both very involved in the church. Like, you know, he was an elder. She was involved in all that stuff. And they, we adopted my baby sister when I was almost 13, um, which was an amazing situation because someone that my mom, one of my mom's friends had gotten pregnant when they were in like just out of high school, that girl was still in high school and she kept the baby and my mom used to babysit the baby uh-huh. and that baby became a high schooler, got pregnant, contacted wow. my mom and was like, will you take my baby? Whoa. And that is my little sister. Was that, uh, was that kind of like a no brainer for your mom? Like, or was that a really difficult decision? No, like- because it, they had just talked about how they think that they were like, I think we, we want, uh, might want to consider adopting because my Whoa. mom couldn't have any more biological kids. Wow. And so, um, Wow, so that was a real God moment. It, like, it was for them, wow. you know? It was like they had just had the conversation a week later out of thin air. This person who my mom hadn't spoken to in years. And how amazing that it was like, you know, I'm, re- I'm using Christian terms again, but like how amazing that it was put on her heart to call your mom. I know. Wow. And then it was a really cool experience for me because I was so excited, but it's also a weird shift. Yeah. You're like puberty been an only child for like almost 13 years and it's like oh by the way we're gonna have another kid and by the way I have no cousins that live in the area like there were no kids in my family at all yeah Christmas Easter I was the only child at all with extended family yeah so do you have cousins I have one cousin who I've met once (laughs) oh my god who lives um in I think Pennsylvania. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Real close. It's my dad's brother. um, And my dad's brother and my dad could not be more opposite. Mm. And they had a a huge falling out. And they do not communicate. Mm. Uh, And he has a son. And your mom doesn't have any siblings? My mom has a brother who never had any kids. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And it's weird, too, because Evan has zero cousins. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Really? And his parents both have brothers and sisters, no cousins. Really? How weird is that? Yeah. Very unique. I know. Wow. So strange. Huh. Um, we always bonded over that growing up because it was like, who the hell? Like, all of our friends would go off. And, you know, it's Christmas and everyone's like, the whole family's oh, getting yeah. together and all the kids are running around and we're all just like, bram, bram. <laughs> <laughs> he was just there with his brother and sister who have, they have six years apart each, you know, yeah. set. And then and then it was just me for forever. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, we always have like three Chris- different Christmases or Thanksgiving yeah. to go to with like, because my, my mom's parents are split up and so then they have all their like sure. so many like siblings and and kids kids and like yeah. well now my dad my mom and my dad after their divorce he um got remarried and i love my stepmom and she has two kids my stepbrother and stepsister who i adore uh-huh. so now that's so fun we can go over like on christmas eve i i look forward to christmas eve so much i'm like i get to always now be with like a couple other kids so it's so nice they're so sweet um But yeah, so that was strange when my sister, when all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's going to be a baby. Yeah. Um, But what was so cool and helped me process a lot is because this 
woman had reached out to my mom about adopting my sister. Uh, she was at the time, you know, a couple months pregnant and we spent so much time with her while she was pregnant. She would come over to the house and That's spend the so night cool. all the time. And so wow. she used to, oh, it makes me emotional to think about. She, um, used, she, you know, at the time I was, uh, almost 13 and she was just 17. So that we, wow. we weren't that, that far apart. And so much closer in age than your little sister. Right. Little sister. And so she was so awesome. And so she would, she would always be like, you want to have a, she was, cause I was, she knew I was an only child and she had a bunch of, you know, brothers and sisters. She's like, she would come and stay with us and be like, you want to have a slumber party? And we'd hop in bed together and watch movies. And I'd be next to her big tummy with my sister in it. So and it was really cool. Oh, yeah, so it was neat. really special. Um, so then we were, you know, we were able to take my sister home. Wow. We were there in the delivery room with her. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, I wasn't. I had a flu that day and I was <laughs> bawling. Aww. I was like, my sister puking. <laughs> oh but but I, I was so upset. But my mom and my dad were in the delivery room with her. Um and it's oh gosh, it's so wild to see because because Janae and my my daughter Ember look so much alike. They do, but my sister looks so much like her birth mom. Wow, it's so when I see her now that my sister is like in her twenties, and then I used to be with her birth mom when her birth mom was like in her uh, early twenties. I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm looking right at her. It's wow. so wild. Wow. Um. So yeah, that changed a big dynamic in a great way in my family. When my sister came, it was everything. Um, and, you know, it was the dynamic was always a little bit more like I'm like aunt. Sure. Just because I was permanent babysitter. My parents kept yeah, having their course. date nights. Of course. <laughs> I took care of that kid after I was done with my schoolwork. Uh-huh. My sister actually kind of experienced something similar because she was, she's, God, I want to say she's 14 years older than her half sister because oh, okay. her mom got remarried and then had another one yeah when she was yeah I think she was 14 and she, there was definitely a little bit of resentment to work through with that because it was like yeah like you're saying it's it was a, like she became like the just the built-in it's a babysitter. big I, luck, luckily like I didn't have <laughs> this sounds so sad I didn't have a ton going on yeah like I was home mostly homeschooled at that time um, I only had a handful of friends and Janae was like this cute little nugget. And so it was like, oh my gosh, like I loved watching her. Yeah. But now I, I look back at, and I laugh at my mom when I'm like, mom, can you help me with Ember? And yeah. she's like, we didn't have a lot of help. And I'm like, I watched I Janae every single nanny. goddamn day. Okay. <laughs> you guys were always on your couples things or with yeah. other friends. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching Janae. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so so that that shifted everything. Oh, this is the cutest thing ever. One of my most vivid favorite memories is Janae started, Janae, my little sister, she started kindergarten either my junior or senior year in high school. And we went to the same private school uh -huh. uh, and we all had to wear uniforms. So her and I would wear matching How uniforms. Cute. But she was like, you know, five and a half, Tiny. six. And she we would have her little blue collared shirts on her little like, you know, uh, the plaid yeah. skirts. And she would there was a little gate around like the, you know, elementary kinder area. Uh -huh. 
and what we'd have lunch around the same time and i would hear sissy oh. and i would just run over and give her kisses Ew. through <laughs> through the bars she'd be like evan! because evan and i were dating at the time <laughs> so she would just scream for us to come over and visit her that is so cute and it was you know she was ember's age yeah it was just the most precious thing ever so like i would take her to school every day and uh yeah and and take her home like it was so cool that is so cool okay so that is a good actually transition question because someone asked um what was your first memory of evan because you guys like yeah so what was your first memory very vivid so evan is i'm just really laying it out there for any new listeners evan is jess's now husband Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we just had our 10 year wedding anniversary i can never remember when or how I, I just remember it has something to do with like church or school or parents, friends. Like I can't exactly remember how you guys first. It was church. Church. Okay. So um, his dad was on staff at the time mm-hmm. and uh, I saw Evan for the first time when he, I was probably eight or nine and mm-hmm. he was nine or 10 mm-hmm. and it was from the church. It was like a two story church. There was the patio. I was on the balcony area. Yeah. And I remember looking down and there was like a group of boys running by. And Evan at the time had bleached tips. Uh-huh. Just the tips. Yeah. This was in sync era, oh, yeah. you know, so that was hot, hot, hot. Yeah, yeah. Spiked with the bleach tips. And I saw him run by and I was like, oh, my god like obsessed with him and that's right around the age i remember i had like my first real big crush when right. i was like nine where exactly. i was like obsessed. where it's like proper you're like you're no longer like ooh, we're on the playground and you're cute i'm like i'm in love with him <laughs> and i was so obsessed with him immediately and i would like oh my god i would uh follow him around there'd be you know we'd have activities like you know it's thursday night kids sure. night you know yeah. whatever and i would go and I would just stare at him and just like, and then all of a sudden we'd be put in the same little group and I'd be like, oh my God, it's Evan. And then when I really got to know him was our families became friends maybe a year after I first saw mm-hmm. him. And so my parents used to have uh, them over and we would vacation with them. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you know how we talked about how you you guys used to vacation where there was that one boy who oh was close God, to your age. Yeah. Like every year you'd go and you'd be I like, just oh, wait. the butterflies yeah. in your stomach. And like you talk, but not the whole time because yeah. you're still a little awkward. I used to have that with Evan when we were like 10, 11. Like we'd go to Palm Springs yeah. together <laughs> at that age. That's what, that's and the that's, Palm that's, that's the connection. <laughs> and, uh, and I would just, our families would be together and be like, oh my God, we'd be like doing, you know, swimming on our noodles. Right. And I'd be like, I cannot believe I am here with this king, just worshiping him. I asked him later, I was like, did you feel the same way about me? And he was like, no. Really? <laughs> no. He always said there was, he's like, I was always so confused as to why him as a young active boy uh-huh. would always be okay to just sit and talk with me for uh-huh. hours because he wasn't a big like yeah. talker. He was yeah. a 10 year old kid yeah, yeah. fucking run around yeah. nonstop. Um, but we always talked, but at that point he was not attracted to me. And I'm going to be honest, I don't blame him. I've seen <laughs> photos. He was definitely out of my league at that point. He was he had had come into his own. He was cute, and he's out of her fifth grade league. Oh, I was that was a disastrous era for me. It wasn't my p. It was my pinnacle. So when exactly did that? 
That's so interesting, too, because you would also just think like little junior high kid, like you think that he would just be like obsessed with this girl who he gets to hang out with. No, Evan's never been like that. No, no. He's very, very particular. We joke about if we were to ever get divorced, only in my opinion, one of two things would happen. Uh Either one, he would be single until he was like, if we got divorced today, Uh he'd be single until he was like 75 Uh and he'd be like live alone at the top of Uh a hill. Uh Or he would meet the love of his life in three months and be with her for forever. There's no in between. Evan has never been a big dater. Really? Not a girl crazy? No, 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 no. He, all the other friends, all the other boys would always be like crushes all over the place growing up and, you know, and, and going to church and then youth group and high school with him. Everyone was running around like girl crazy, boy crazy. And he never, he would like, like one person for years. He's just kind of always been like that. Were you boy crazy? Oh, hell yeah. yeah too. <laughs> I mean, the spice of life, baby. Changed. <laughs> I know. I'm like, nothing's changed. I will always be boy crazy. <laughs> he, that's that's something that when we when him and I were dating, he had to really process through. Uh, okay, so when did that when did that uh when did that change for him? So you were kind of always just kind of obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Um so it started to change for him. Uh, like freshman year in high school, we, oh God. Oh, this is bringing back so many weird memories. We went on a church missions trip. Yeah, yeah, of course. Don't even get me started on this. Which Uh, by the way, highlight of the year. Oh, for sure. I was so mad when I got into sixth grade and I was old enough to go on the Mexico missions trip. They stopped. I was pissed because then we stopped going to the Mexico missions trip and we'd go to like Merced. Let me t- let me tell you about I don't know specifically what you guys did, but le- the the level of white savior bullshit that happened. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I had a blast. I'm Dude. running around flirting. Yeah. What we did is we built homes for people. Yeah, we did that too, bro. <laughs> a group of twenty, twelve year olds, fourteen year olds who know nothing of carpentry, <laughs> putting together a home. <laughs> What type of unreal bullshit, Uh dangerous, Uh I mean, what in God's name was going on? No, honestly, what we did in like Merced was probably better because we would do like just like a Easter break day camp with the kids at the park. It's like, that's probably more helpful. Yeah, it's like the parents can, you know, they they can maybe take a moment for themselves. Like you're distracting, you know, whatever. It's a daycare. Building a house? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, you'd go, you'd build houses, you'd do a day at the beach, Someone would end up throwing up because they drank too much of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just classic. And you'd all camp out. So yeah. There'd be tents everywhere. So then you could technically go to bed whenever you wanted to. At least our crew could. Fun. So there'd be the whole crew of us. And that's when it started. Well, we actually, since we did do our... Okay, sorry. Never mind. Continue. We're no, not no, talk no. about missions trips. I'm trying to stay on track here. <laughs> we would stay in like a church, like gymnasium, but that was kind of fun because then it was like the boys sleep on this half, the girls sleep on this half. And that was always like exciting. Like we'd go into the locker rooms and like brush our teeth and then you'd come out and you'd be in your PJs and you were like so excited and oh, tantalized oh, by the idea that your crush is going to sleep 40 feet away PJs, from you. No, that's really fun. That's yeah. way better. We we had the the tent. You know how I feel about camping. Mm, yeah. The tent set up. Yeah. There weren't any bathrooms. Yeah. 
And then you weren't in your PJs because then you'd be covered with dirt. Like yeah. you'd basically be in your clothes and you were yeah. just disgusting yeah. in front of your crush. Uh-huh. But then everyone was disgusting right. for a week. So then it just All kind of... All the girls of... were wearing those bandanas with their French braided hair. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. It was just <laughs> trying to take keep the grease away. <laughs> but when you have a proper bathroom, you can brush your teeth. Right. Then true. you can be hot. It's true. You do your makeup in the morning. Get up early, you know, before you have like breakfast. You're up there in 6.15 putting bitch, on your mascara. Bitch, you know my mom. <laughs> shout out provided that oh, compact yeah. mirror with nice. a little bit of a light bulb on it after she knew first year <laughs> what the situation was and she was like i can't have my girl going out there looking like that so she like provided me with the whole thing she's like you should do this early in the morning before people wake up <laughs> catch me before the sun rises with my like light compact and, like trying to put on a little bit of makeup and like blot off the grease and be like i hope he likes me Oh my god. Um but that was where the shift happened for Evan. Mm-hmm. We were uh it was my freshman year. We were on our Mexico mission trip. He saw you holding those random children in your arms and he was like that's well, no, my we girl. Well, we were we were building the house. Oh, so yeah, he yeah. saw me right. hammering in right. something that probably shouldn't have been <laughs> right. hammered. Right. Right. Putting tar on something right. that had no business having tar on it. And um <laughs> and he uh it was no, it was interesting because I remember the bus ride there. He wasn't supposed to go. And last minute he joined us. He normally never went on anything, even though his dad was on staff. Uh-huh. He just was always doing hockey or whatever. And all the girls had a crush on him mm-hmm. because he just wasn't he was a little aloof. Right, right. right. And he also looked much older. Uh-huh. So it was like, oh, the man of the group. Um, and he, (laughs) he walked on the bus and sat in the back row and like, you know, the girls were rushing and he's like, Jess, come sit with me. Uh And I remember being like, even though we were friends, it was still like, he's not asking one of his guy friends to sit next to him or like one of the, the older girls that like are into him, the senior girls who are obsessed with him. Like, no. So he asked me to sit next to him. And we talked and sat next to each other the whole long drive, and all the girls hated me. We got amazing. Into, I got into so many confrontations. Amazing tears off of the bus, being like, "You know that I like him," and like so many of them. And I'm just like, "Dude, he just asked me to sit next to him." Sorry, sorry, everybody. Well, here's the prob. At the time, Mama had her eyeball on my first official, who ended up becoming my first official boyfriend, okay. who ended up being gay. Yes, right. Um, but him and I, that was when we started to connect uh-huh. on that trip. And he was older. And I thought he was so cool. Yeah. Well, as that, as him and I were connecting, that's when Evan was, same trip, Perfect. Evan was falling for Perfect. me. So we'd have our by the fire situations. And I, and Evan was like, I'll never forget. We were doing a massage train because obviously that's what you do yes. to let out your sexual, mm-hmm. your pent up sexuality. In, in drama departments and <laughs> in church youth group. Yeah. I need to make a meme. I don't know how to make, make memes, but a massage train meme. I feel like everyone I've would already be seen like, it. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> like everyone can relate to that. Well, I was in line massaging him. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> having this moment as I was massaging him, the way that his like body was reacting uh-huh. to it. It was a little bit like, oh, he's like, he's like, I could feel him like breathing, like, like nervous breathing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> 
And I found out later <laughs> the next day he like cornered me to talk to me that he was going to ask me if I wanted to go out on a date with him when we got back. Um, but about 30 minutes before he had had this planned, he found out that my first boyfriend, yeah. ex now ex-boyfriend had the same plan. This guy was older, kind of a leader, yeah. the cool guy. And so Evan got self-conscious uh -huh. and didn't do it. Uh -huh. So then I started dating the other guy. Uh -huh. Which only solidified his love for you even more. Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. And so then that's when what kind of started our back and forth uh -huh. a little bit where it was like, then he started talking to this other girl while, while I was dating this other guy. But then there you was still always her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have an affinity for her. I'll say that. <laughs> Not fond memories. <laughs> Even into adulthood. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, that moment unlocked a different energy between sure. us. It went from being like kid. I always had a crush on him, mm -hmm. but I didn't show it um, to him and I. Whenever our parents would continue to get together just as much. And there was always a vibe. Even when I was dating my boyfriend, when he was talking to the other girl, there was always a weird chemistry there do you ever get sad even as you're saying this do you ever get sad thinking that you go like never go back to that experience like i'm not even talking about dating other people but like being 16 or 15 and like having like that this feeling that's confusing and exciting and like i think about it every day because <laughs> you're I saying really this do. and i'm like thinking about it and i'm like damn like we just those won't. were the best we just won't I ever know. have that experience again of being on at a at a church missions trip. Not that exact situation, but you know what I mean. Like we won't. You don't have that experience no. anymore of like, and you're not allowed to like sleep next to each other, and you know you have to be careful and sneakily hold hands on the bus. Like we'll never be in that situation well, and again. And even now, it'd be like, let's just say we were single. We're no, it, that's what we're I'm saying. grown women, and you know, it'd be like, oh, I'd go on a date with some and dude, you could go back to their house and sleep. Yeah, with them he'd if be you like, you want to have sex, and I'd be like, eh, we'll see. You know, like there's no. It's just not there like that anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's, I miss it. That's tenderly. Why, like, I, 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 okay, segue real quick. Bridgerton. That's why when you think about like how, of course, all the like modesty stuff and all that is ultimately like misogynistic bullshit. But hear me out. Sometimes I wish we could kind of, and granted, there are very there are places around the world that still do this and it's very oppressive but in a perfect world there is something wonderful about this dance between like it, where there's this impropriety yeah, it's and the this forbidden. dance and and also like beyond it being forbidden or sinful there are like barriers in the way of you getting close to someone that mm -hmm. makes things exciting yes and tantalizing and it's a slower burn and you have to have a lot of self-control in our modern age to have that slower burn that's very true um do you like bridgerton oh yeah i haven't watched the second season it's kind of fucking dumb the second season really is. i mean i like it i watch it i enjoy it but it also it's so stupid. The first season just I didn't see I didn't I I I was kind of in and out of the first season. Gray was obsessed. The first season caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it really swept me up. There's way less sex in the second one. Like it's oh, like oh bullshit. Straight I'm up, out. there was like episode <laughs> six or seven, and I'm like, we haven't seen anybody fucking yet. Okay, where's the soft core porn? This is boring. This is not what we're here for. We are here for the tantalizing. But Gray's like a giddy little girl. He was like, oh, like they're gonna kiss. Oh, and he gets like. <laughs> Oh, I when uh, the first uh, the first time I ever watched an episode, I was just not expecting it, and I I was sick, and so I was like, oh, I'll start this, and I was like, oh my god, like Evan had taken Ember for the day, left me at home to be ill, and I was like, I have the whole day to watch this, Mm -hmm. like I am no longer ill, like Mm -hmm. this has resurrected me, and then I'm like, Evan, you have to watch it, then I rewatched it with him, and. I'll never forget waking up to Evan. <laughs> the final episode, we were uh, on a getaway for his birthday. Like, there's this place in Santa Barbara, and it's like um, very Bridgerton-esque. Ooh. And they have classical music coming in, always piping in My through. God. It's so romantic. Fun. I fall asleep in bed. It's ra- It starts raining outside, right? Um, I fall asleep in bed next to him, and I wake up to the final credits rolling of the last episode of Bridgerton and I look over and Evan's just laying there and just (laughs) (laughs) screaming at his face and I'm like oh my god I'm like wasn't it amazing and he's like that's not why I'm crying I'm like why are you crying he's like because it's over (laughs) he was so depressed (laughs) so depressed Uh, but season two totally different characters now they're not same ones. Yeah. You like, like the new characters. The guy is hot, hot. Really? It's like interesting because he's just so... I wasn't like... Su- the guy in the first season, like, yeah, he's... You know how weird it is. It's like he was objectively hot, but like I wasn't just... I don't know. He wasn't my vibe for the whatever Duke? reason. Yeah. Both of them kind of bugged me. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just oh, like... Wow. Okay. Okay. They weren't for you. They weren't for you. I was real caught up. I, I just think the show is sometimes just like so overdone where they're like, <gasps> and I'm oh, like, yeah. okay. But I like, I like that. Have you I ever, so have you, like, have you read, read the books? No. Did you? I read, I've read a couple of them. Ooh, maybe I'll read the books. And the books are so kind of trashy romantic right, novel. Right, right, right. So then when you see that, right. you're like, oh, I kind of like this Fabio energy. They do it you know well. They I mean? do it well. They do, I feel like they do a great job. But sometimes I'm just like, okay, this. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes I'm just like, this is a soap opera. Like this is right. this is this is goofy. Yeah, and it's a little too much. But um, the guy in the second season, I find very hot. So I like that. But I'm like, can we get Killian Murphy in for season three? He's too good for that show. Don't even say that. Can you imagine Killian Murphy in that show? Do you know how he would change the direction? It would be the smoldering dark season. I'm like tearing up thinking about it. Like it's... him with like the music playing and like him. Just that's being not corny so though. Hot. Like that's that's not like he couldn't be corny. But you he, know, would, at he all. would shift. It would shift the dynamic. It would be season three. Would be the dark season. Be the smoldery season and be a little. The music is a little more intense. I like that because he... season two is silly. Season two is very frivolous. Okay. in my opinion. Now it's time for a, a little bit of a heavier season. You got to bring in Killian Murphy. I like that idea. Between Killian Murphy and Jason Sudeikis, I don't know who I would choose for a lifelong partner. Well, you know what? 
that I do like though about Bridgerton is that they do bring in like people you don't know. They they like that's and very season true. two is just like all new new faces. That's very true. New fresh that's faces. So it's like so. the first episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. You're introduced to a whole new cast. It's pretty exciting. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just so that's I, so I like that aspect, too, because also I just think of how exciting it must be for that actor actress to like, oh, it's their big break. It's cool. Wow. So but I like Killian Murphy and the idea of that a lot. I mean, obviously, my number one choice would be Oscar Isaac, but that would just be too much. <laughs> Wait, an Oscar Isaac, Killian Murphy. Wait. An Oscar Isaac, Killian Murphy love triangle. That would be too much for me. Like to, a, I know I thought big, that too. With their a big Aiden situation where like some people love the Killian Murphy character yes. and some people love the Oscar Isaac character. Really like a team, a team Edward, team Jacob. Exactly. Kind of vibe. Where they're both likable, yes. but like everyone takes a firm stance in one camp. Ooh, I, call Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> call Mister Bridgerton. No. Who would be the woman? Who would be the th- Who would be the third part of the triangle? Give me Zoe Kravitz. Okay. <laughs> too predictable, too hot. I know, I know, too I, know sexy. I know, I know, I know. Can't I know. handle it. <sighs> the perfect woman. Bring in a new woman with those two men. I do like the idea of it being an older woman. That is kind of nice. Halle Berry. Charlize Theron. Theron. Charlize Theron. <laughs> Is it Charlize Theron or Charlize Theron? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But I mean, Nicole Kidman. Oh, oh. Nicole Who? Kidman's great. Who? The French accent actress that's older. Um, <gasps> Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. God, we are just being like the worst I know, podcasters I'm so sorry. I'm right so now, sorry, but, everyone. Um, um. Oh wait! I are you? Oh, wait, wasn't she? Really? In, wasn't I think she was in Chocolate? Yes. I don't know if we're talking about this. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. She's in. Have you seen High Life with um yes. Robert? Pa- yes. Mm. Yes. She's yes. so yes. sexy. Oh Julian, fuck! But, that I would. She's the one. I want her. Cast older. the older. She's a little woman. older and she's stunning. And I love trying. And she's. We're French. talking about Juliet and Binoche. And she's French and she could come in and she be, be like French from one. yeah yeah. yeah. An aristocrat. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> what if yeah, like, yeah, what if she like is, is sort of like a what if she's like a former enemy of the queen or something type thing? And she comes in and get this. What what if she's sort of like this this uh like um dominatrix type person because Oscar Isaac and Killian Murphy are both like her advisors or like work for her or something and she's like sleeping with both of them. I love this like undercover dominatrix situation. Right. Where she's like she's like the queen or some yes. someone from France and they're like her they work for her. One of them has to know her, her but one of them like has to just be meeting her in the show. Oh okay yeah yeah right. Right. So there has one to be the, like a triangle. Oscar Isaac's like her right hand man. Yes. Yes. And and Killian is, you know, a, a, a townie right a townie he's a, a good townie. old townie yeah sexy stable boy he's such a good sexy stable boy she would be i love i just love she's her. unbelievable she's one of my favorites i always forget her forget her name too yeah julia bin binosh binosh i don't know how to say her name but yeah all right well we've done it bridgerton season three <laughs> Well done to us. Okay, so back to my our interview with you. <laughs> back to me. Okay. Well, um, 
All right, Brad's interrupting my story once more. So, you know, God, you know, I was getting wild FOMO seeing everyone at Coachella this last weekend. Not because of the music, to be honest, but mostly because of the outfits. I just would sit on the couch and fantasize what I would have worn. And Lord knows, shoe-wise, if I wanted to wear a pair of shoes that was comfy because, you know, you're on your feet all day, plus cute because, hello, Coachella, plus machine washable because dust for days on the shoes at festivals, well, I would have to go with Rothy's. Oh my gosh, yes. And I saw multiple people on on Instagram being like, make sure you wear comfortable shoes. It is, you sacrifice the fashion, but with Rothy's, you don't have to sacrifice the fashion while still staying comfortable. Rothy's makes comfortable, stylish, and durable shoes and other daily essentials, all from recycled plastic. And so far, Rothy's has been able to repurpose millions of water bottles that would have ended up in a landfill and turn them into thread that goes into each one of their products. It's really cool. But um, that's not all that Rothy's does to help reduce their global impact. They are all 100% machine washable, everything they make. I've had my favorite pair of Rothy's for over two years now. Whenever they start looking a little dingy, I can just throw them in the wash and out come a pair that looks almost brand new. So they last longer, which means I have to buy less. It's a win-win for the planet when you buy and wear Rothy's. So there are so many things that I love about my Rothy's, but the best thing is that they are the most freaking comfortable shoes I have ever owned. Seriously, there was zero break-in period. You know, sometimes you get a new pair of shoes and you just already know you're going to get blisters after the first hour wearing them. Nope, not with Rothy's. From the second I put them on, it felt like they were specially made for my feet. Now they're my go-to shoe. So cute, so comfortable. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. So get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com slash chatty. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash chatty. So you know those things you definitely should be doing, but you don't really have the time or the energy to do them well. So you either skip them altogether or do the bare minimum. (laughs) Well, for me, that was always my method when it came to vitamins and supplements to actually sit down and figure out what I should be taking to address my specific health goals felt super overwhelming and time consuming. So I used to just pop a multivitamin and call it a day. Obviously, there's a better way, but I didn't know what it was until care of came along. Yep. You can kind of think of care of as your personal wellness guru. They are all about getting you the vitamins and supplements your body needs to feel its best. And to get started, you just take their short in-depth quiz that asks you about your lifestyle and about any concerns you may have. And then based on your answer, you get a totally tailored approach to reaching your health goals. And everything recommended is completely transparent from where the supplement came from to why it's being recommended to you. And care of pulls back the curtain at every step. So I just retook my care of quiz to specifically address my energy levels, specifically in the afternoon, okay? I'm so excited because I've seen care of in the past make a huge difference on my specific health goals. And right now we're focusing on energy. And by the way, plus the pills come in these great compostable daily packs, which really has always helped me remember to take them because 
I toss them in my purse. I put them in my car. Wherever I'm most likely to remember to take them, I can put them there. And I remember them every day. It's amazing. For 50% off your first care of order, it's a really decent discount. Go to takecareof.com and enter code chatty50. That's takecareof.com and enter code chatty50 to get half off your first care of order. Anyway, so where we left off was like, we're still 15 years out from current days. Perfect. Well, we'll do a little bit of a speedier <laughs> version here. Uh, basically, Evan and I then started dating okay. when I was 16. He was 17. We've had episodes about this before. You can check them out where we talk about our relationship. We re-released them in December. So you don't even actually have to scroll back that far over our Christmas break. We, we, yes. we re-released each of our like origins, origins relationship, relationship origins, yeah, yeah. we're on the same page so anyway uh so that we had some tumultuous times but long story short is that we ended up getting back together in that period of time i went to college i went to school to study forensic psychology found out how much tops i could make per year and then realized how much debt i would be in so i changed mm. to communications because that felt like less math and mm. more options yeah um i did speech and debate team mm -hmm. i did theater mm -hmm. i really lived my best life i hated high school loved college mm. hated college loved I, high school i wish i could go back to college so badly like i would love to relive that part of my life over and over again lots of family shit going on at that mm. point so at that point while i was in college yeah mom and dad unbeknownst to me were having marital issues and got a divorce um my junior year in college someone asked third year. um did you which i thought was an interesting question they said did you feel closer to like evan's family while you were going your parents are going through the divorce it's <sighs> an interesting question um yes and no uh-huh uh yes because at the time, my my parents were really involved in the church and my dad split. So my dad did not mm. get the support of the church. Yeah. My mom did. So Evan's family via the church was very much there for my mom and for me and my sister. Um, so in that way i got we spent a lot of time with them we got i mean we already had been spending time with them but like we got very very close to them in that uh the no part is we started off on a bad foot for me um oh i feel bad for evan because of this for forever but I didn't know what was going on with my mom and dad. I mm. had no idea that there were marital issues. They kept mm. it completely under the covers, but they were getting counseling and had been, had opened up to Evan's parents about it. And that had been going on for a few months that Evan's family knew that my mom and dad, what was going on with my mom and dad. They told Evan before I found out that my parents were getting a divorce. So I called Evan sobbing when I found out that my parents were getting a divorce and poor guy was like, Oh gosh. I'm like, why are you having this reaction? Like, why, why are you not more shocked? And he's like, well, if I'm be honest, like I found out a couple days ago and that enraged yeah, I get that. me enraged me and i felt so bad because it wasn't his fault yeah. he didn't ask to know yeah 
but that got me i was really mad at and i was in it wasn't like i said it wasn't evan's fault but i was mad at evan and them for a while because Mm. of that Mm. i felt like how was how am i living my life right now and like my boyfriend and his parents know more about what's been going on with my family than i do and i kind of pulled like pulled back from him and them for a couple months afterwards because i was like ooh. I just, I was already so shocked that my parents were even having marriage issues mm-hmm. and then that they knew and I felt them like everyone knew. And so I like hibernated at school and I kind of did my own thing. Dang. I partied hard. That's when, Dang. that's when Party Jess came out. I had always been pretty low key. Were you guys together or no? We were. It was rough because we had gotten together, like gotten back together maybe two months before that. So we had a rough first few months back together Mm. um but he was great through it you know he was patient with me needing to be angry at him even though it wasn't his fault he let me be angry at him yeah um so yeah that was that was a weird dynamic for sure in high school and that shifted a lot and then after that I did you mean college what did you mean in college you said that was a weird dynamic in high school oh sorry in college yeah that was a weird dynamic in college Um, and then after I graduated college, I graduated a year early and I regret it till the day I die. (laughs) (laughs) I was rushing for some reason. Don't rush. Don't rush. Unless obviously like it's a necessity financially. Take eight years like me, you know? It's like, just take your time. Enjoy every second of it. Like I rushed through it. And again, I now wish I would have had that last year. Like with not as many classes, I could have really enjoyed my last year with like extracurricular activity. Mm -hmm. Damn it. Um, But uh, yeah, so I graduated early and then I went on to doing PR work, which is then how I got involved. I was at a PR fashion firm in Los Angeles. uh, And then that's how I started working in wardrobe styling, which I loved. Did that for numerous years. Um, Had so much fun doing it. And then I got pregnant with and then Evan and I got married And then I got pregnant with Ember and the wardrobe styling was just not an option. How many years? Okay. What year did, what year did you graduate? What year did you get married? What year did you get pregnant? If you, if you know off the top of your head or just the relative year, like year gaps. Okay. I think I graduated in 2010. Okay. I got married in 2012 and got pregnant 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. No. I gave birth in 2015. Okay. No. Did Ember just turn six? No, got pregnant. Got pregnant 2015. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, is it? Did Ember just turn six? A couple months ago. She turned six. Yeah. Wow, I'm behind. I was thinking that she's still five. Um, it's just Groundhog Day over and over I know, again. I know. Um, okay. So what did you do in between like... What was kind of those few years in between graduating, getting married or well, between graduating and like getting pregnant with Ember? Like there there was like a solid four or five years there. Like what was that time like with your and Evan's relationship? Where were Ooh. you at? Like, OK, so those years were probably I would say those are my toughest years mm. um, in my existence. <laughs> <laughs> um they they were really hard I think it was 
it was a lot of stuff, right? So it was coming out, like actually starting to settle with like my parents' divorce. Like it kind of had settled in, yeah. like it was official. It had been a, an official for like a year at that point. So, um, and then I was also, I was also grieving. Um, I was, I, I like hurt so much for my mom, but mm. then I got to a point where then I was seeing my dad's perspective and how then he got shunned by everyone. Mm-hmm. So then I was grieving that and felt guilty that I had, there was a lot of dynamic in yeah. that way. You know, people pit each other against each other yeah. a lot um, in divorces. And my mom never, my mom and dad never did that to each other. Mm. They were always so gracious. It was the people around. Yeah. that were leading narratives. Exactly. Um And then that's when, so then, like I said, I had graduated. I moved back in with my mom um, while I was starting to find work. And then Evan proposed to me. And so I just stayed with my mom because I'm like, oh, we'll move in together once we get married because that's what good Christians do. (laughs) So um, that was the time when I really... um, I was working up in LA. I was meeting a lot of different people with different perspectives and lifestyles. And that's when mama started to kind of question mm. a lot of my Christian upbringing. How old are you? 24, 23? 22 when that okay. was happening. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 22. Right. I you graduated a year early. Yeah. And I was, that's when I was like, there are some things that I don't feel comfortable with that the church does. And I was struggling in friendships because of that too, trying to see where, where my fault laid in that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I felt, I felt really lonely too. Um, even though I was meeting other people, I felt like I had kind of two different lives a little bit. Um, and then my mental health just started like tanking. Mm. So throughout high school, I was having horrible panic attacks all the time. Like Evan used to regularly take me home from school because I'd have a panic attack. Um, And they progressively were just getting worse, but then I'd have a depressive episode. And then I started to have like manic episodes. And that's like right after Evan and I moved in and got married that I started to be like, I think I have bipolar. Mm -hmm. And then I got diagnosed. Do you remember like thinking... Like when did, when did you feel like you put that together? I put it together when, so there was a a period where I had just moved in with Evan and he was really busy at the time, um, with music stuff. So he was gone a lot. So I was at home alone a lot and I started to, for the first time in my life, I was like alone alone right because beforehand I had 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 a roommate or lived with my parents at this point it was just me yeah me and Boris like that's what that's why I got Boris I was like I'm always by myself like me and Boris were just in the home and so when I was alone I started to really recognize my mood fluctuations Mm, because you're there's like no shift in the situations around you but you're feeling changing nothing's changing and also this was really before Instagram was huge like social media was not dominating so there was a lot of like time spent alone reading or Mm -hmm. watching tv or you know whatever working on stuff by myself around the house so nothing was happening and i would feel Mm. myself just get like hit with a baseball bat of like depression in my gut yeah like i have not done anything today and i'm crawling to bed um the scene 
So Evan started watching Euphoria finally. He, he finished it. Uh-huh. You know, he at first he was like, I can't, it's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Then he started watching it and he was like, best show of all time. <laughs> like he always shifts. He had a really for me it was healing. Evan had a really hard time watching Rue yeah. mm-hmm. in her um the the scenes where she couldn't get out of bed, wouldn't go out of bed, uh, get out of bed to pee. And then when she'd have her mania and she'd be like a detective and she's going everywhere. And the things that she was saying, Evan was having to like stop it and mm. walk away because he was like, I'm watching you. Mm. Like specifically when we first got married, like it was so, wow, they did an, an amazing job um, during that show. Uh, and Zendaya just, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Um, so there was just a lot of, I, yeah, I would just get hit in the gut. I'd be like crawling into bed and I would be in bed for like two days. Nothing had happened. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'd be like, I'd wake up with like pulsating energy. Like I'm about to have a heart attack type mm-hmm. energy. And I'd be calling my friends like, we're going out now all day. And I'd be like, let's go out party all day. And I'm buzzing around. I'm going to the mall, spending so much money on clothes, um, staying out so late. And then while I'd be like super manic, Evan would be um, on like a, you know, recording something somewhere and I'm calling him for no reason. Like I see a photo of something and I just freak out. What the fuck? And like, like so aggro, which is just not how I Mm am. Um, And like I said, nothing was happening Mm -hmm. i was like just chilling at home mostly at that point um because i was in that when i when i noticed that i was like in between two jobs so i had some downtime so i was literally like well we have a big problem yeah and um and so then when i went to the doctor he was like um yeah you have rapid cycling bipolar (laughs) like you're having these like huge shifts Mm -hmm. throughout like throughout a day sometimes Mm -hmm. even um and you know i've talked about it a little bit but it getting there was rough like i had to get 51 50 i did try to take my own life um and not in a state where i felt like i was coherent Mm -hmm. um and so it was like, I need to get this fixed now. Mm-hmm. What was hard is I was still really deeply involved in the church and things have changed in general. This was like 10 years I ago, right? I would say has changed even in the past five years. People like- have so much opened up the conversations about mental health. And especially when I heard bipolar, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should be like on one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I'm loony bin. Yeah, yeah. I'm like... I- what like you know and um because i hid a lot of it from people a lot of friends even were like nah you're not right right. you're just a good time right it's like well because i go out when i'm manic and i i'm really fun for you because i'm i'll get up on a table and be crazy and like you know whatever um but i hide everything else evan was the one who really saw it um, what do your parents think? Um, when I had got, when I got my diagnosis, my parents were 
just relieved that I had an answer. Mm. They saw it not as, yeah, not as much as Evan because it had, it got really bad once Evan and I moved in together. But, um, they, they were just happy that I was, you know, they were, they, and my parents have always been very much, very supportive of me taking medication. Mm. Again, this was 10 years ago. Medication, not so supported by a lot of people. And they weren't in denial about it. No, not really. No. Because they had seen enough mm. in high school where it was like, you need, like, I was on medication in high school mm. and they were the ones who encouraged me to go see a doctor because of all my panic attacks. So they were very supportive of like me being in therapy and getting meds. So that was amazing. That mm-hmm. was always such a gift. Um, but, uh, but at the time too, I was super involved in the church. And at the time, 10 years ago in the church, you did not take you did not take medicine like that. This was a prayer issue. This was a sin issue. So that then was the harder element even than before. Like once I got meds, I felt really regulated. But if people who are listening have taken medication before, you know that meds, you have to uh, a lot of times test out different Sure. medication combinations and the first couple months when I was testing them out the first type the first few types of medicine I took really affected me like one um really affected my brain speed so I like felt like I couldn't have a conversation because mm. I was so slow uh and so I was so used to like at the time I was like leading a bible study <laughs> and so I had to prepare and I was like I can't talk to anybody and I remember the first time I sat in the circle with these girls who had heard me speak a hundred times before and I couldn't oh it's so scary formulate sentences and I was just ran off and started bawling and I'm like what's wrong with me like I can't even put like and they're just staring at you like what's going on like um and then that was the same drug that like I couldn't drive on I was having to pull off I would drive to LA for work I was having to pull off on the side of the road and take naps because mm. I was like I can't I mm. literally can't stay awake I have a vivid memory of being in the parking lot at the Irvine Spectrum and just hearing a tick, tick, tick on the door and on my window and it was a police officer and I had stopped and gotten off during traffic at like seven fallen asleep and it was like two in the morning Oh my God. I've been sleeping in my car. And like, so it was not, there were just rough, rough patches. But I finally found medication that worked for me. And then that was really, that was really beneficial. Um, And then Evan and I, we started doing better. I started feeling better. I felt regulated. Um, And that's though a little bit when I had some middle finger energy personally for the church because I had felt like, no one was listening to me. Nobody was hearing out like the pain that I was going through. Everyone was saying I was being dramatic. People then were saying, you shouldn't be on medication. I take medication. I feel better. I'm shamed for it. Like I can't talk about it. And that's when I started massively pulling away. And then I encouraged Evan. I'm like, we should move. We should move closer to Los Angeles. We're always in LA anyway. So we moved closer to LA. How long before this how long before you got pregnant did this happen? So the day <laughs> that you guys moved, the day we moved, I remember, yeah, uh, we like were like, let's have one last round of sex in our first home together, mm-hmm. and I got pregnant with Ember. Yes. 
and I got pregnant. Um, and we've talked about, we've done episodes talking about, you know, this surprise, the shock and awe. Um, how long before that though, was sort of this like shift where you were kind of like, fuck this shit with the church. Like it started, I started getting frustrated when I was about 22 um, but it didn't really have so much to do with me. I was getting frustrated with the way that I was seeing specifically my friends who were queer, how they were being treated mm. by the church, P mm -hmm. kids who had been involved in the church for years, mm. um, who were incredible people who had yeah. given so much to the church. And in one comment about being gay, they the way that they were treated, I like yeah. I couldn't. I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. And then I started to see that all over the place with, with all different things. And then for me personally, after Evan and I got married when I was about 23, then I was like, for myself, I was like, I, I, the way that I'm now feeling that I'm being treated. So when did you like pull fully, like pull out of your, I would say like more hands-on involvement, like leading groups and all that kind of um, thing. Uh, right before I got pregnant with Ember. So like oh, wow. right when we moved, I was like, sorry, I'm not going to be local anymore. So I can't do groups and I can't da da da. And that was, I basically used a move as an sure. ex escape because I had tried to pull out before and I would get, I would get pressured back in. So I know we've just talked about like how it was isolating to like be pre unexpectedly pregnant and not have friends, but like how like, I guess, how did experiencing that transition out of that church community and then getting pregnant at the same time and then experiencing sort of like, I guess, was that super isolating for you? And did you ever have times where you were like, oh, what have I done? Never. Really? No. Wow. Now, I felt really alone. Yeah. But I was isolated before I got medicated, I felt completely alone. Mm. When I got pregnant and I was like, and we had moved and I didn't really have anybody around me. Um, I was fully, I was fully alone and I felt full for the first time. Mm. Like I finally felt comfortable having my own thoughts I was going to say, like, I think that although you and I had similar upbringings, I think we had really different experiences when it co comes to our relationship in the church, because I think you were just um, so like you were heavenly involved and living also in the same area through like young adulthood. Yeah. And then you have all these people who have known you forever and have this narrative of who you are, who you are expected to be, how you're expected to operate. A thousand percent. And I think that that has a really different, like I was pretty, I didn't, I was going to like, I, I moved out of my hometown at like 18 and totally. I wasn't even really very heavily I wasn't in like heavily involved in the church as a teenager totally. I was kind of doing my own thing and I think that that had a lot less I guess like traumatic effect on me because there wasn't these expectations from all you know this right. larger community yeah I think some people have like a way healthier I mean obviously there's still church trauma but I think with specifically Evan and I like you know Evan was a pastor's kid and that's intense you guys are super involved yeah my dad was an elder 
And we were through our whole childhood growing up and everybody knew who we were. And so as soon as we started to date, we would be out at a restaurant miles away and our parents would get a phone call from someone from the church who would see us and be like, Jessica was kind of dressed inappropriately. And wow, Evan and her were quite physical together. Like that was our daily life. Yeah. And there were always eyes on us and people always like, um, they people felt like they had access to us. Like adults uh, had this authoritarian energy because we were almost like the children of the church. Yeah. That like we'd be on the patio and I can't tell you how many times I would have a random adult who I had no relationship with pull me aside and tell me that like what I'm wearing is stumbling yeah. someone yeah, yeah, yeah. or the way that I'm behaving is inappropriate. And it was someone who I had no relationship with. Totally. totally. And that was really that really fucked me up. That's the other thing, too, is I was just reflecting on like also there were some issues going on in our church. My parents were my dad was like on the board and everything too and was really it was the same thing of like all these random people who know me I don't know them kind of thing but we left that church when I was 11 Mm. and I was just kind of reflecting on like how different that experience is too because then we started going to like a new we kind of hopped around churches until I was like 12 or 13 and then like it was a totally new church and a lot of people were a lot younger than my parents whereas like our old church it was like this sort of empire or like this thing of like my parents had been going since before they even got pregnant with me kind of thing, you know? So there's no... And then there was no history suddenly out of nowhere right when I was heading into puberty also. And I think that that also has a really different different energy. I think so. I think that um, when you've been somewhere for so long, people don't give you space to grow. They just, they'll always see you as who you were when you first came sometimes. Um, And so Evan and I, you know, we, they saw us growing up. They saw us as kids. They treated us as such inappropriately into high school and college. And as a married couple, you know, you have people who know everything about your totally. life and will have no problem coming up. Now, granted, there were some wonderful people there and okay. I never want to discount that because I have some incredible experiences with some people who I still love so much. But there were a lot of people that, you know, you know, you're you're like, I'm a I'm a I'm a 25 year old woman um who's been married for a few years and you have the audacity to not know me and to pull me aside and scold me about something. And the difference is it's morality. Right. So you're scolding me about like not being a good person. Right. And you don't know me. Like you don't have access to me, but you think you do. Right. So that was really difficult. Um, I can, yeah. You didn't have any space to ask questions or to make a mistake. So like Evan and I could not be out drinking. Like, Like we had to be... And what that then created, too, was like living in secrecy, which then makes you feel yucky inside and shameful. And then you feel like what you're doing is wrong, even though it wasn't. We were just living. And then there's this weird like duplicity going on. And you felt like you were always paranoid that like someone would find out about, you know. Yeah. That we got drunk there as grown adults. Right, right, right. You're like, this is. This is absolutely wild. People would take you out to coffee. People would see a photo of yours on Instagram and be like, I think we need to go get coffee. That was always like, no, like you're like, they saw a picture 
and a comment disturbed them yeah. and they need to sit you down and talk to you and you'd be like why do i like yeah do you think sometimes that you get triggered with social like comedy yeah that makes sense yeah and yeah. i'm sure sometimes it can take you back to that place of like this place of like chastisement and like mm -hmm. being under and I'm sure that there's like a real like triggered fear response too of mm -hmm. like you yeah because those people in your life had the capacity to like punish you if they didn't think that yes. if they thought that you were doing something that wasn't they could right. get me fired they could mess up my relationship they could publicly scold me they could and distance me. you from they could gossip people, to everyone yeah. and it could be a thing that i had to go and stand in front of the elder board and talk about like there was access to that so 100 percent, i think that social media can be a big trigger for me mm. which is why then i'm like i can't be on it because all of a sudden when i'm feeling that it brings up and again it's me projecting this was my experience well, right yeah so it's like it's like all of a sudden if i'm feeling that way or even if i'm seeing it happening to someone else it'll trigger me and i'll be like i gotta get off i can't just because i'll go into a full i'll go into a full spiral and i think a, i think maybe a lot of the reason like I don't know chemically if this works, but maybe what's agitated my bipolar coming back pretty heavily the past six months has been me being on social media. I was on it. Whoop. Sorry, cut out for a second. I was on it. Um, I was on it too. Uh, I was on it too frequently. Yeah. Uh, like I had a, a season where it was like there was so much going on on social media. I was on it twenty four seven. And I think it almost agitated my bipolar because there was this connection to like when I was at the the, the peak of my bipolar yeah. in my early 20s. And then that was the peak of my involvement in the church and yeah. hearing everything from everyone and feeling so much pressure. I have a I remember having to get sat down and like with numerous people, by the way, older people from the church, because I mentioned in the group that I watched The Bachelor mm. and people were like, you should be an example. And that show is like right. sinful and da, 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 da. Yeah. And that was like a, I'm like, what? Uh -huh. Like everybody I know watches The Bachelor. Like I can't even mention that. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So when I got pregnant and you were we like, I'm moved, free. I realized how much and granted i for for many years as a youth i didn't have the freedom to get away from it because it was my parents that sure. was attached to my yeah. parents but all of a sudden when i got pregnant there was almost this realization of like i can live my own life yeah. i have a family right this is crazy i'm right. an adult like it's right. i snapped into it i'm like yeah. why am i allowing you to make any sort of decision for me. This yeah. is bananas. Yeah. And I, my best <laughs> friends in the world became Rob Bell, mm. Pete Holmes via podcasts. Mm -hmm. It was like, I would just sit all day mm. doing my work or driving, running errands, always fully alone through my pregnancy. And I would just listen I would just listen for hours to like freedom 
and I'd like feel ember moving in my stomach and I was just like I'm gonna make sure it's different for you and it was just I felt so good you know and what was so amazing is that and this is where I feel so like like it's really was lucky and I feel so blessed is that Evan was experiencing those same things internally and hadn't talked to me about it so one day I just came I was so scared to talk to him about it because I was like is this gonna ruin our marriage I can't imagine I cannot imagine you know I was like is this gonna ruin everything like I don't so know scary. we'd always tiptoed around the topic and I was secretly reading these books and listening to these podcasts and I was one day just like standing on the stairs and we were arguing about something and I just I just this is while you're pregnant mm-hmm, and I was like I can't do this anymore. Like not with him, but like, I'm like, I can't live this anymore. This is not who I am. I don't believe in this. Like I don't, at least not in the, whatever version this is. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. And he got really quiet and he's like, I need to, I need to take a minute. And he got in his car and he left for an hour and he came back. Were you terrified? I was terrified. I was like, this is it. Like I'm oh pregnant and like, but I'm like, I can't bring my kid into this world, like Ugh. living a lie. Like I really can't, I can't do that to my kid. And it's so like, I, I'm actually surprised too. Like, had you guys been going through the motions, like praying together, doing that shit oh, together? Yeah. yeah. Our, whole, I'm like, our whole relationship. Yeah. Now, granted when we, him and I were alone, we were never super spiritually like. Really? Yeah. It was definitely like when we were around like friends, family, the church but when him and i were alone it wasn't like at home we were praying together mm. that's so, funny i remember feeling that pressure really intensely with my first relationships where we were both like and what's funny is like i i didn't show it to anyone else except my significant other where i was like we need to like we need to like read the bible together like yeah. we need to pray together we need to like do this yeah and felt it really the pressure is intense i used to i used to feel that intensity like especially we'd like do marriage counseling or you'd have regular check-ins like how often have you been reading your bible every week how often have you been praying together and was it kind of just an unspoken thing between you guys a little bit a little bit it was kind of just like we just didn't really talk about it Uh our relationship just that wasn't a foundation but i had seen evan in with friendships, certain friends of ours who had walked away from the church had conversations with them. And when he would talk with them, I was like, oh, this man is quite passionate about the church. So then when I put that out there, even though him and I didn't talk about it at home a lot, I was like, oh, this is not going to go In hindsight, what do you think that was? Do you think that it's just like projecting fear? Yeah. We didn't, we were scared. Yeah, yeah. Like when all of of a sudden a friend would be like, well, let's look at this for a second. Like, really, why did we believe this? We'd be like, well, uh, you're like, you're changing someone's entire worldview, just like snapping it in half from like how they were raised. And it was just us panicking. Well, and I still feel defensive about like stuff having to do with sure. Christianity in the church, even if on paper, I would maybe, not, I don't know. There's like this defensiveness. And I think when it's something that you knew, it's like part of, for me, it was like part of my home, part of my yeah. For me, part of my safe space growing up. Um, and so I still feel this knee jerk reaction to be like, well, it's not like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
But anyway, so he left for an hour. Left for an hour. Came back. And he was like, do you really feel that way? Or are you just needing to process out loud right now? It's like, yeah, I really feel this way. I'm like, I've been processing for years. Yeah. I said, I just didn't feel comfortable. And he's like, okay. It's like, I have been curious about this lately. Can you send me some of the podcasts you've been listening to? Oh my God. And I was like, oh. I'm like, yeah. And so I gave him a podcast episode. He listened to it the next day. I we went to claim jumper and, uh, <laughs> and my pregnancy cravings. And he was like, we talked the whole time about the episode that he listened to, like breaking down all this stuff that we thought we knew. And that was like the beginning of the end for us in a positive way. Wow. And that changed everything. Wow. And, you know, we then were able to have Ember. Granted, we were still really deconstructing and processing a lot, but we knew that we were like walking into it together and of the same mind, which was so amazing. Um, and then that's when we moved up to Los Angeles when Ember was a year old. And yeah, I mean, if, like a, a year after we moved to LA, like you and I started the podcast. Wow. So it's still really fresh. Sure. That's what's so weird. It's like, I think the past couple of years doing this podcast, past few years just in general because of the world have been like a full whirlwind. But starting the podcast, there's been so much that I've learned and like trans transformative experiences because of learning so much from you, having conversations with listeners, having guests on that I'm like, whoa, like there's just been so much good to process. Oh, yeah. But it's still very much. So when I have these like bipolar seasons, it's like, okay, there's still the, this part where there's a lot of family shit that was left that still is rough. Like we're finally kind of processing out of some of that damage. Like there are tons of damaged relationships mm. because him and I decided that we didn't believe that and people were like, peace out. You know, there's a lot of that. Mm. But I'm finally me. Yeah. Which is crazy well and i think there's a lot of stockholm syndrome when you're that heavily steeped in a community and i think that sometimes that's diff really difficult for people to get out of yeah yeah or um, we can get very much triggered sometimes yeah heaven will send me a little like red flag like if he's out somewhere and like something happens it'll be like i'll be like i'll ask him later i'm like what happened be like oh god i ran to this person and Oh man, I thought I was okay, but it brought me back. And like, Trigger! I just felt all the shame just dumping mm -hmm. on me. Like, oh man. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, okay. So this is part one. I'm going to have to do part two because <laughs> there's been like six years since then. I know. But like I said, I think a lot of it's been documented, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. But also I feel like in the first few years or the first couple years of the podcast, I feel like we were... We were talking about our lives, but I feel like we weren't getting into like, I don't know, I, I'd be interested. I would be interested to talk through like, I don't know, more about like parenting stuff in the in the early years. I would be interested to just talk more about. Like, I would love to have a parenting episode yeah. with us. Yeah, we should do that. We were talking about that. Just because that today. so much has changed since we've had like talked about parenting before in the past. Yeah. And also just like I would be interested to talk 
more like now at a bird's eye view of sort of like the transformation over the first couple years of the podcast and what that experience was like. And I don't know. There's and and people asked a lot of like random questions that were really good. Um, so anyway, I think that let's make this let's make this part one. Well, guess what, everybody? This is my podcast. <laughs> This is Chatty Jess. Cut, cut, cut to me in a, in, in a month. People are going to be like, like, there's another co-host, <laughs> Jessica. I'm like, and we're on part six of Jess's interview. You know, this has been like, a, it's like kind of like church where we have a teaching series. This has yeah, been, like, this, this is, is a seven week, week series. <laughs> this is an eight week series about Jess. <laughs> Wait for mine. Um, <laughs> We've been doing a three and a half year series on Becca Martinez. And now we're going to do an eight week series on Jess. Oh um, that God. was so much fun, though. And I, I and I'm serious. Actually, I have a lot more questions to ask you. So bring them on, baby. Let's do it. Let's do Jess, it. thank you so much thank for you. being on my show. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much for coming on thank my you show for today. Letting me share a little bit about my past. <laughs> All right, broads. Um, we'll chat soon. Chat soon. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.